Hi, it's Ellen, and today we're going to be covering economic policies in Nazi Germany from 1933 to 1939. So firstly, the whole reason, well, a big degree for the reason why the Nazis came to power in 1933 was because of people's dissatisfaction with the Weimar government's response to the Great Depression. So to what extent did they actually come through and follow through with their claims that they would achieve economic recovery? Firstly, let's consider what the Nazi party's economic aims were. Firstly, they wanted to reduce unemployment, they wanted to increase economic demand, they wanted to avoid inflation and reduce Germany's balance of trade and deficit, which means that Germany was importing significantly more than they were exporting. Industrial production rose from roughly 66% of the 1928 total to 107% by 1936. Unemployment under the Nazis fell from 5.6 million to 1.6 million. Whilst the Nazis claim that this was predominantly due to job creation, we must remember that this is not completely true, as there was a degree of invisible unemployment. This means that the Nazis concealed some groups from the statistics, for example, women or Jews. The Nazis claim that real wages rose by about 7.5%. Public expenditure rose from 18.4 billion Reichsmarks to 23.6 billion Reichsmarks. The greatest increase was in rearmament spending, which was up over five times. And finally, investment in the economy was also on the rise, and by far the largest increase again was in rearmament. So how did the state achieve the increase in demand in the economy? The state intervened to create jobs and stimulate consumer demand. Public works created jobs, and Hitler extended the existing programmes of the motorway and house building. There were also subsidies for private sector firms hiring workers, and tax concessions and government grants were also given. For example, if you were newly wed um, or you had a child, you might be given a tax concession, and this encouraged consumer spending. Job creation in public works and incentives to the private sector for hiring labour therefore helped reduce unemployment. We also know that the counterpart of this was that some married women and Jews in the public sector were forced to leave their employment. The armed forces grew from 100,000 in 1933 to 1.4 million in 1939. And as we've asserted before, that there was a degree of invisible unemployment. For example, young men working in the RAD, which was the youth service, were not included in unemployment statistics. From 1935, conscription took men aged between 18 to 25 out of the unemployment statistics for two years. And this was the RAD. So what were the methods the Nazis used to achieve this extent of economic recovery? Firstly, there was deficit financing, where the Nazis used loans to create jobs and stimulate demand. As the economy grew, tax revenues increased, therefore borrowing reduced and loans were repaid. The Nazis avoided inflation by setting wages and price controls, and they restored confidence to encourage spending and investment. Independent trade unions were banned, and Halmar Schag's appointment reassured big business. The Nazis introduced their new plan in 1934. And what was the new plan? As demand grew, imports were sucked in to meet it. To pay for imports, German gold and foreign currency reserves were being used up. The new plan meant that imports had to be approved by the government before importers could buy foreign currency. The government prioritised producers of armaments and raw materials for firms. 
The new plan also established bilateral treaties between Germany and Balkan countries. These Balkan states were an important source of raw materials. So in just recovering what economic methods the Nazis used to improve the economy, we know that they used deficit financing, that they avoided inflation by setting wage and price controls, they restored confidence to encourage spending and investment, independent trade unions were banned, and Schacht introduced the new plan in 1934. And just to put some statistics on this, we know that in 1936 the unemployment level was 1.6 million. Um, we know that real wages rose by about 7.5% and that public expenditure rose to 23.6 billion Reichsmarks. A key figure in this story of economic recovery was Hermann Schacht, and he was the Minister for Economics for the Nazis between 1934 and 1937. His aims were primor primarily to maintain economic growth, and he de developed the defence economy to prepare Germany for war in four years and to establish an autarky, which means a self-sufficient economy. He also was focused on avoiding inflation, most likely, this was driven by the legacy of hyperinflation in the 1920s. So one of Schacht's main aims was achieving autarky. An autarky required Germany producing its own important commodities which were necessary for war. This was important because it meant that Germany would not be reliant on imports. Autarky was also required to help develop ersatz, which means substitute products, that Germany could To achieve autarky, Germany needed to have ersatz, which means substitute products, as they were not able to easily produce all the raw materials which autarky demanded. However, despite the new plan, Germany was still sucking in imports at an alarming rate, increasing the balance of trade deficit. Continued high levels of government spending on rearmament was causing the government's debt to increase too. Other sectors of the economy were being ignored, for example, the military goods were being prioritised at the expense of consumer goods. Schacht was worried that rearmament was distorting the economy as there was too much emphasis on this and not enough on consumer spending. Government expenditure on rearmament was also fueling imports. So this led to a clash with Hitler and rather than listen to him, Hitler set up the office of the four-year plan and put Goering in charge instead. So just to outline the key problems with the new plan was that Germany continued to suck in imports, which meant that the balance of trade deficit was still increasing. Given the government's spending on rearmament, government debt was also increasing at an alarming rate as well. And through this focus on rearmament, consumer goods were being ignored, which could lead to dissatisfaction from the German people. So as Hitler ignored Schacht and his plan, he decided to favour Goering and the four-year plan, which was much more heavily geared towards um, heavy industry and rearmament. The main aims were rearmament and creating a system of autarky in food and industrial production. The emphasis was on developing raw materials and machinery to increase armaments ready for war. However, autarky was very difficult to achieve and Germany was not able to rely on imports for key commodities for food, iron, oils, explosives, steels, rubber and coal. And they did attempt to develop ersatz goods. Um, for example, they tried to make oil from coal. However, this was never really perfect substitute. 
The Office of the Four-Year Plan issued regulations controlling the foreign exchange, raw materials and labour, and it also set specific targets for specific industries. And what were these targets? By 1939, Germany imported one-third of its raw materials. Germany was self-sufficient in grain and potatoes, and it was almost self-sufficient in vegetables and meat. However, it still imported 43% of fats. By 1942, only the brown coal target had been met. Oil production was at 45% of its target, hard coal was at 79% of its target, and steel was at 85% of its target. So what was the impact of this on consumers? Ultimately, channeling all resources into this defence economy was not viable. Maintaining some level of consumer demand was necessary for morale. Nevertheless, it was still a source of tension. Schacht and some industrialists wanted more stress on consumer goods, therefore increasing German exports. According to Mason in 1993, the Nazi party was unable to focus completely on the defence economy because of fear of popular unrest. And Overy in 1994 stated that there were problems but no crisis as the government controlled wages and prices and production and investment were growing. So just in covering um, the extent of Germany fulfilling its targets in autarky, by 1939 Germany was still importing one third of raw materials and 1939 was um, the opening of World War II. They were self-sufficient in grain and potatoes and almost self-sufficient in vegetables and meat. By 1942, in the heart of the war, Germany had only met the brown coal target, with hard coal being at 79% of the target, oil at 45% of the target and steel at 85%. And historians have emphasised that the Nazi party was unable to fully focus on the defence economy for fear of sacrificing consumer goods and alienating the German populace. So what did the German four-year plan mean for business, trade and agriculture? So the Reichsgruppe for Industry was developed and this was part of the Reich Economic Chamber. Large firms were made to join cartels and were helped to grow in order to meet defence economy aims. Businesses faced controlled trade, foreign exchange, prices, wages and raw materials, although most remained privately owned. Trade unions had been abolished and were replaced by the DAF. In 1933, the law to protect retail trade was passed. This taxed large stores and banned new department stores, thereby favouring smaller businesses. And what was the impact of Nazi policies on businesses? Smaller businesses therefore benefited from economic recovery. However, overall, they lost out due to the inability to compete with larger businesses. Manufacturing businesses... The value of trade for independent artisan businesses doubled, yet 145,000 businesses still went bankrupt between 1936 and 1939. Government policy favoured large-scale manufacturing in industries connected to the defence economy rather than consumer goods, for example Daimler-Benz or IG Farben. Over 300,000 small businesses went bankrupt, and even important steel firms suffered if they did not follow Nazi policy. For example, the RWHG. There was no major growth in foreign trade during the 1930s. And as autarky was a government policy, this can be seen as an evidence of success. 
However, Germany was still importing a lot, a lot of raw materials and food. This was difficult because of a foreign exchange shortage. Firms contributing to the defence economy were prioritised in the allocation of foreign exchange. And the government also controlled importing. From 1934, a series of bilateral trade deals were struck to meet German import requirements. The Reich food estate was also established. Anyone involved in agriculture was forced to join this. It allocated subsidies and imports, regulated wages and prices, and organised distribution and foreign labour. As the 1930s wore on, the government controlled the price of food, keeping it below market value so as to control German wages. The four-year plan increased production by giving grants for new cultivated land, subsidising technology and arable farmers, and reducing fertiliser prices. So what was the impact of all this? By 1938, food imports were down 20%. The rural population fell from 21% to 18% as people left the countryside for factories. Agricultural growth was limited by the labour shortages and by a lack of investment, as industry and rearmament were prioritised by the government. Livestock farmers suffered because of high fodder prices, as subsidies were only available for arable farmers. And the Reich entailed farm law was also passed, whereby small farms, which were between 1830 acres, could not be sold or mortgaged and had to be handed on to one person. So in terms of laws passed, the law to protect retail trade, which remember was about protecting small businesses, was passed in 1933. And the Nazi economy was geared towards heavy industry and there was a Reichsgroup for industry where large firms were made to join cartels and this made them help grow in order to meet their defence economy aims. Um, as well as this, businesses faced controlled trade, foreign exchange, prices, wages and raw materials. However, they still remained privately owned. And in terms of the ways the Nazi Party reduced unemployment, tackling um, the Great Depression between 1933 and 1936, they created jobs in public works and they incentivised private sectors hiring labour. Married women and Jews were left were forced to leave the workplace. And the key driver of recovery could be considered rearmament as the armed forces grew from 100,000 people in 1933 to 1.4 million people in 1939. Thank you very much for listening to this episode about economic policies. Next time is going to be the um, second part to this and we're going to talk about the impact on society of these economic policies. If this episode has got you in the mood for more revision, then head over to SenecaLearning.com where you can revise all of your A-level subjects absolutely free. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Anchor, then you will find a link in the bio. But if not, just type in SenecaLearning.com and you'll find us. While you're at it, if you could rate us five stars and subscribe or follow to all of our revised podcasts, which cover every subject you need, then that will help other people to find our podcasts.